This is your video cast for Wednesday, March 24th, and it looks a little different than I anticipated. I, I assumed we'd be in the full throes of previewing our opening night of Castrol Flow Racing Night in America at 411. We'll throw in a little bit of Cherokee talk as well for this weekend, but instead, Derek, <sighs> sadness has set into this office. The forecast for Thursday night at 411 just never got any better. It was the same for a week and a half, almost 10 days, and that rarely happens. And we were forced to postpone our opener all the way to September 23rd, now making our, our opener next week at Tri-City Speedway in Pontoon Beach, Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. Derek, before we get into our, to our melancholy and you do your Stephen A. Smiths, which I'm excited for, here's a look at what our flow racing, Castrol Flow Racing Night in America schedule looks like now. Kane, go ahead and, and throw that up there. Tri-City now the opener on March 31st, and you look all the way down there, Derek, to September 23rd. And that is where 411, still 20,000 to win. We're going to let Mitch keep his 20,000 to win. He was so excited about it. Castrol's okay with it as well. Tri City, now the opener with Tyler County being the separate second race on, uh, on April 15th there. Derek, I do not get genuinely bummed very often anymore, but I'm actually sad about this one, Swath. I'm a bit sad. Actually, I'm lying. I'm quite devastated. But, you know, <laughs> it's uh, one of those things where Mother Nature in March, no matter where you are in the entire country, can happen. There we go. I like that mid-adjust. Yeah, mid so, like uh, luckily, we didn't lose the race. And luckily, it's rescheduled. So, everybody calm down. We'll see you in September. Big money race towards the end of the season. Still twenty grand to win. But, yeah, I'm very devastated a right couple, now. Leave it on Derek there for a second, Kane. A couple studio things I like. Your new flow mic flag. I like that I like a lot. It. That looks sharp. You look it. good in a hat today. Thank you. And then, Kane, take the two aerial cams, right? Give, or give, give me one of them. We'll go one at a time. See the new Bob Pierce 1999 North-South 100 Victory floor graphic we've got there. I was in Victory Lane. He's popping champagne in this one. That's Sierra, his daughter, on his shoulders. I love that. And then uh, also that one came, the Castro, go back there, the Castro Flow Racing Night in America logo on the table. I like that. And then this one over here, if you would, Kane, uh, you can see the Castro Flow Racing Night in America logo just up and to my right. If I can get that one. There it is right there over to my right. Castro Flow Racing Night in America logo there. We're getting prepped, Derek. We were getting ready for the show. Uh, so we've got that. We will not have a video cast next week to preview Tri-City. Uh, we thought about uh, just drowning our tears out and never doing one again. Um, but we we didn't we didn't we'll have one a preview with Tyler Burnett and Blake Anderson next week as part of that show on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we we didn't we thought about doing something different this week. But Derek, there's a forty thousand dollar to win late model race this weekend at Cherokee that deserves our attention. So we couldn't just do nothing, and we have to discuss how it got to be forty thousand dollars to win as well. But let's take a look at the full weekend schedule. Everything that is on tap for this weekend, Kane, Cherokee, $5,000 to win prelims on Friday, $40,000 to win Rock Galt Memorial for the Outlaws and Casey Schumann's bunch. And then, Derek, a lot of live races on uh, Flow Racing. I-75, right, the Spring National Race at the beautifully redone I-75. LaSalle Speedway, Tony Izzo Jr.'s Thaw Brawl, both nights of that live. Saturday at Florence, live on Flow Racing. And then the uh, Comp Can the Mississippi State Challenge Series will be a nice little race at Magnolia, 3,000 to win as well. Derek, what jumps out to you on the weekend schedule? Welcome back, super late model racing in the land of Lincoln. Right. The Thaw Brawl at LaSalle. Going to get the Illinois boys mixing it up, summer national type field. 
You're going to get some heavy hitters. We got some rumors of maybe a guy trying to race there this weekend. I think we had that same scenario a couple <laughs> years ago. So we'll see if Best Motorsports Tyler Herb is there. I don't know if he's BSing with us. Who knows? It's always a great event. It kicks off racing in Illinois. It used to be the Illini, but now it's LaSalle Speedway Fall Brawl. And also, guess what, Michael? Kevin Weaver is making his 2021 debut in a Rocket <laughs> XR1. Texted me over the weekend, said the car felt good. Testing at Farmer City. He's ready to go here. But, yeah, it's always when we have racing in Illinois, I'm fired up. Kane, I wasn't done with that yet. Throw that back up there. I wasn't done. You just, just got to tell him. You got to tell the director sometimes. You just got to yell at him. Uh, Cherokee will discuss here shortly with Rick Eshelman. Uh, I-75, they've done some amazing things down there in Sweetwater. Anytime you've got a 10,000 to win, Derek, in Tennessee, you know you're going to have a good field. LaSalle. Uh, will be awesome. Tony's guys this weekend, like you said, first super race in the state of Illinois. And Josh at Florence, we'll see, right? He had that rough track a couple of weeks ago. That was for 10000 This is for 5000 uh, That feels like a Rice brother to win that, don't you think, Derek? I'll go with Father Rice will be in victory lane with one of his sons <laughs> in victory lane. But is this where we're going to see, like we did a few weeks ago, we're going to have like high 20s, low 30s at all these regional races because there's so many to choose from. Could be. And they're kind of spread out, spread out throughout the entire country including that $40,000 win race for the Outlaws. That is this coming weekend. Derek, give me a few thoughts on this past weekend as well, not only maybe Bristol, but the Lucas Oil races at, uh, at Atomic and Brownstown this past well, weekend. Well, yeah, well. I think you're going to touch on it here, the Brownstown thing. I don't think I've ever seen um, a race midway like that, just all of a sudden cancel and reschedule it. But you had some nasty flips, and you're always used to Brownstown being dry and slick. Oh, but Joe Gotze in his interview with Dirt on Dirt saying, you know what? He predicted this was going to happen. It was wet and saturated all week, all winter long. So that was kind of crazy to see. And then Hudson O'Neill, orange spoiler alert, Lucas Oil <laughs> points like leader. And we kind of talked about it. Is this going to be the changing of the guard in the Lucas Oil series? Because three or four years ago, you're like, oh, man, that's the old man series. Got the 50 and over club, always winning a Bloomquist. I know Owens is not there. Don O'Neill and company. So you never know. Hudson O'Neill winning. No, I like the orange spoiler there. I like that yeah, a lot, by the way. Go. I don't know if you're the first one to say that, but if you are, well done. Kudos, kudos on that. Um, I wanted to hit on Lucas Oil at Brownstown as well. The age-old debate, Derek, in the Midwest of when is it too soon to race, right? When do we start too soon? I've been going to Brownstown for a long time. I have never seen in my – 1987 was my first year there. I have never seen that happen at Brownstown, what happened this past weekend. Track record during the daylight of qualifying for Josh Richards, those speeds were incredible. What 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 do we do, Derek? Is it just you cannot start in Indiana, Illinois until May, April? Is March too soon? Is there a rule? What I just think it depends on the season, well, right? I, I mean, then you're breaking your own rule if you're starting in May because we're starting at Tri-City next week in <laughs> March 25th. That's who's who's running that series, yeah. right? Yeah. I would say after March 20th because you're sitting there on a Saturday, and what if all of a sudden it's a 70-sunny-degree day and you're the promoter like, oh, oh my God. You're going to make tons of money. If I had a race yep. today. But what's the difference of having a race in October in the Midwest? I, I, I mean, I, I will say this though: it does seem like winters are lasting longer, longer? in the Midwest okay. now till into April, and now these Octobers are nice. We had that day at Fairbury How about last year. We just year, say Derek. March twenty-first, spring. There you go. There. The official when spring Anything is fun. Before no that. winter racing. But if essence, you're gonna have a okay. race and the weather looks iffy and it looks cold, please postpone it like quickly. You don't want to get everybody there I and know. all chaos happens. It's happened before. 
throughout the entire country. But I would say March 21st, springtime. Let's JD, do it. J.D. gets that $50,000 win race at Bristol. Kyle Busch ran pretty good in the B-Main. Um, but uh, it would be interesting to see Derek. 49 end up racing Saturday at Bristol. Uh, you had this Bristol race this past weekend. You have the Outlaw Bristol race in two weeks. You have the Cup of Bristol race this weekend. I kind of think by the time that Bristol's over, there might be a little Bristol fatigue. By the time we get to the World of Outlaw late model race, I'm worried we're going to be, you know, guys might be a little, oh, we, we've kind of been paying attention to Bristol for several weeks. We might be a little tired It's like of it, speed but. weeks fatigue. Yeah. You get to Volusia, and you're like, how many guys are going to show up and race? At the beginning of the week, you have a nice, big, uh, great field, and then all of a sudden, towards the end of it, you have guys dropping out, but... It's a world of outlaws. They're established national series. It's going to be a well-run yeah, it's program. It's going to be a well-run right. program. I think it's going to be – you'll see some heavy hitters there, obviously. It, and then you're going to have a whole series of regulars. So. And it's kind of this thing with J.D. didn't go to the Lucas race at Brownstown. It'll be interesting to see how they make that up. That'll work out with points. He went to Atomic. He's still 14th in points. It's going to be an interesting year, Derek. Uh, some of these guys are going to chase money, I think, this year. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of I hate to see a guy like JD not on Lucas, right? It's a it's a big staple in there. So I'd like to see him, you know, do that to her. Oh yeah, that'd be be great to see. Um, I think it's just there's just so many high paying races <laughs> yeah. that are like independent now that Jonathan Davenport even mentioned in his uh post race w- uh, preview for 411 that we you know didn't run, but I read this article saying that all these promoters are going out on a limb now, seeing what all these races are doing, what TV's doing in Flow Racing and World Racing Group with Dirt Vision, just that it's opening up eyes for sponsorships, and I think you're going to see more and more of these individual races that aren't run by a national series. So if you're a driver and you're thinking, hmm, $50,000 to win a race or a $75,000 point fund, I didn't start Speed Week so hot, maybe I'll go run this. And J.D., he made the right decision, won fifty grand. Well, yeah, but the show-up money. You're forgetting the show-up money, right? Well, that maybe. guy gets 1500 bucks a night to show up. Sure. So there is that. Sure. We could cut that He's still technically ways. has a Mr. Ace. That's true. Because he showed up to a time. It'll be interesting to see how that yeah, works so. out. I've touched on it a bit so far, but this weekend, let's just cut straight to the effing chase here, all right? Cherokee Speedway in South Carolina this weekend. It'll be tied for the eighth highest-paying race of the year, the 40000 Dollar to win Rock Galt Memorial. Let's take a look at that full screen. I, it needed its own full screen, Derek. Forty grand to win Saturday, Friday, Friday and Saturday. Five thousand to win prelims, Friday individual races. Forty thousand to win on Saturday. Um, we couldn't just sit back and, and take the week off. Somebody's paying forty thousand dollars to win, and we had to preview it. Joining us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is a guy that I do not have on this show enough, and I'd like to fix that. This year, the voice of the Morton Buildings World of Outlaw Late Model Tour, Rick Ashelman, joins us. Rick, sort of out of nowhere this weekend, you now have what is tied for your second highest paying race on the tour behind only Cedar Lake and Fairbury that are paying 50000 to win. Uh, Rick, explain this to me and Derek. How did this go from being a $20,000 to win race to a $40,000 to win race in a, in a week's time, Rick? How did that happen? Well, first of all, Michael, we have to take care of some unfinished business. Two things on your broadcast will always happen with Suave and me both being there. Number one, Suave will never go without mentioning Kevin Weaver. That's been checked (laughs) off the list. Number two, and I want to say this very, very nicely, who's the only Big Ten team left in the tournament? (laughs) Jeez. That's good. Okay, I'll take that. I, we've we've got that out now, so we're done start. with that. Good start, Rick. Good start. Now answer my question, damn it. <laughs> All right. So it was supposed to be twenty thousand to win. Everybody's like, great. That's a good payday. Twelve hundred to start. You know, wonderful. Then Mike Gulp, and you knew if the race was going to be for his dad, 
who built that racetrack, you knew he was getting involved. Well, of course, next door to the racetrack is his salvage yard. And Mike said, you know what? I want to do this even more. You're going to make this race for my dad. I'm putting in 5,000. It went to 25. All of a sudden, you start getting calls into Mike. Hey, how can we get involved? Well, you write a check to me and we'll take it to the racetrack. Then it got up to 30. Next thing you know, it's 35. <laughs> Somebody else says, hey, let's throw some more in there. Now you're paying 15000 for second. Some more money come in. Now you're going 10000 for third. More money comes in, and it's 40000 to win at the moment. Now, I haven't spoken to Scott Childress or Tony Adair, but who's to say maybe fourth isn't paying 5000 now or it's 1500 to start? I can't uh, you know, imagine that it's going to stop with just where it was when you mentioned that two minutes ago, it may have already went up. Swap may have kicked in five grand. Who knows? It looks to me, too, Rick, uh, and Scott Childress, you mentioned the promoter at Cherokee, has always treated us so good at DOD. Cherokee is leaning into this. They are embracing it. They know they've got a mega event on their hands this weekend. They're painting the walls. They're sprucing the place up. I think they want... They want this to be a big deal at Cherokee, too, more than just the money, don't they? Scott and his team are really realizing, man, we got to make this place look awesome for this weekend because this is a big deal. Yeah, and he, you go all the way back to November when he had the uh, Mike Duvall Memorial for the Extreme Series. They had a big crowd then, and it was cold. You come here in January for an extreme race. The place is packed. It's 30 freaking degrees outside. <laughs> it's like being up in Illinois in March, March 20th, and it's cold. But they're there. So, yeah, you know, he has taken care of his fans. He's taken care of the media. He's taken care of series drivers. He knows what comes first, and it's everybody but the promoter. And with that being said, I think they've reciprocated by showing interest in coming to those races. You know, whether it's 5,000 to win or 500 to win, they're coming. And you do what you say, you will get the response back. And I think he's earned the respect of that community and the racers and the sponsors. And right now, you know, they're on top of their game. Let's face it. Cherokee to me, Rick, is one of the legendary names in the sport of dirt yeah. late model racing, right? The track itself, no matter what you think about the racing at Cherokee, that racetrack, even when I was a kid and you'd get mid-American in the papers, it has etched its name into the history of our sport. Let's just let's just wax poetic about that for Cherokee. It is just a place, isn't it, Rick, that will forever be linked to the lore of dirt late model racing. Am I, I think I'm right about that. Absolutely, because when you, I lived up north and I lived there for 40 years and I had heard, you know, I always went to Florence Speedway in Kentucky in April when the ASA would make their debut in Cincinnati. We'd go there during the day. We'd go to Florence at night. You knew Florence was there. You knew Dixie was there back in the day for the Dixie shootout. You knew you went down somewhere around Atlanta to go see a big dirt race. And you knew Cherokee was there due to the fact of all the great drivers that had passed through the gates and all the big names, all the big races that have taken place at that historic racetrack. You're right. It's one of those where you just, you want to be there. You have to be there. Swap. Okay, Rick. Outlaw action here. You're the obviously the voice of it. You and Little Rubes. He's always pit reporting. <laughs> Little Rubes. But... Little Rube. Hey. We have a new nickname for him, by the way. He is the walking taco. Oh, I mean, he does like tacos, so I'll give you that. But I got to ask, this is kind of an open race for the World of Outlaws. Usually by Volusia, Shepard has it wrapped up. He's down 50-some points to Kyle Strickler. I'm going to ask you, is this the season where we have a close 
finish like we did in 2018? Or is this where Sheppy's going to make his mark, keep marching, 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 and then by the end of September, we're looking at him and he's already up by 200 points? Well, Suave, I know you always got your eye on your Illinois boys no matter where they're racing, but let's face it, Shepard has not struggled. It just hasn't been branded Shepard-like. Kind of uh, sitting on those 18 wins last year, never got you know the new record, broke out a new car this year, and they've been working on it. I talked to a couple of their crew guys. And they said, you know, we're working on it. We're trying. We're not giving up. We're throwing things at it. We're throwing it against the wall and see what sticks. I think, like you said, if he finds something, even if it's in the next three weeks or not, you know how it goes with the Shepherd team. They get a win, and it's like caution flags. A win breeds a win breeds a win breeds a win <laughs> with that team. And watch out if they do get that. But I still haven't seen that spark yet. I haven't seen that dominating hot lap, dominating qualifying, dominating heat race. Until you see that, I think you're going to see a little more parity. I don't know that you could say, you know, that Shepard won't have the point lead, but I don't know that you could say he will once we leave Bristol. It's just right now, it's pretty wide open. It's exciting. I know it's not exciting for them. I know they want to be way out front, but who, what driver doesn't? That's why they go to these events and join these series. But that right now, it's an exciting time. I would never count Shepard out of anything, and I won't. But I would say I can't count him in as the point leader after these three weekends either. I just don't know how this is going to fly. Like you said, with all the guys that's coming in, that normally by now it's an outlaw show. Well, no, it's not. You've got travelers coming in, and they're going to throw wrenches at these guys, and it's going to get real interesting over the next three weeks. All right, I've known you for the since the Summer Nationals when you announced it there a few years back, and we kind of became good friends, and you had this flip phone, and you were the <laughs> last one to get a smartphone well over the off season. If people don't know, he got an iPhone, he got a smartphone, he also got Twitter, which yes. fans listening at home, it's Rick underscore Eshelman. So you need to add him. He's close to 2,000 followers. Ooh, he needs, okay. He needs 66 or no. 56 more followers to get to 2,000. Well, but I got to ask, how cool is Twitter? Because you're always on it. You're always retweeting. You're always updating on your life. I think you enjoy Twitter, and I wouldn't say you would like that two years ago. Swab, I cannot deny any of this. I was the <laughs> biggest anti-smartphone, anti-social media, anti-technology. I was called at Boyd Speedway a number two pencil in a dot-com world, <laughs> and I was good with that. But I will admit, they gave me the smartphone after Sunshine Nationals, and I approached it with an open mind. You know, old people don't like change, but no. <laughs> I approached it with an open mind. I like Twitter. I like sending stuff out. I hold polls every week. You know, I do different things on there to interact with the fans, and it is a great tool for interaction. Yes, you heard me say it. I'm glad you're recording because two years ago, I would have said exactly the opposite. But do you know, Suave, that I also have two, yes, two Instagram pages, oh. one for dogs, one for cats. The dog <laughs> one is World About Paws. The cats is World About Claws. And when I go to a racetrack, I take pictures of dogs and cats and put them on those two sites. 
This is they, they. That was a little more information we needed, but I love it. No, Here, it's, it's not it. enough information, actually. <laughs> I, I did not know this, and yeah. I'm going to follow those Instagram and accounts. We also got to do an update here. You're beating Ruben by over 300 followers. Oh, now. God, I know let's keep him ahead weeks, of Ruben. Yeah, yes. well, he's got to be ahead of Ruben. I know he was devastated when he took the lead at Volusia, but <laughs> I like this little competition, and, you know, he's getting nervous right now. Oh, I love it. Uh, I think it's just great. It's fun to be out there, and to be honest with you guys, Interacting with the fans in person was all I knew. This is a different world. This is getting fans from South Dakota, fans from Oregon, fans from Texas, you know, tweeting in and giving answers to questions that I put out there and stuff like that. And, yeah, social media is great, but listen and listen closely. There will never be, never be Facebook or TikTok. That does not exist in my world. It cannot exist in my world. And my girlfriend says, oh, yeah, you'll be there. Melissa says, "You remember when you said you'd never be on social media and never have a smartphone? She's rubbing it in my face as we speak. So I am speaking through eating a little crow. Uh, Rick, last thing I'm going to ask you, and you've been awesome. Thank you. Put your analyst, be an analyst for this weekend. If someone just walked up to you, Rick, and said, hey, what do you think we're going to see at Cherokee this weekend? What's going to happen? What would you say? I think you're going to see a different racetrack than what we've been used to at Cherokee. They have worked feverishly on that place. I think you're going to see good competition, side-by-side racing, and it, i got to say it's pretty wide open as to who's going to be the victor on Saturday night and who walks away with that big money because with the guys coming in and the guys that are on tour and the guys that are local, there's just too many ways to go this year. Nobody's dominating yet in our world, so it's like – Okay, put all 24, 26 names and a half, pull one out. There's your winner. I think you're right. I think it's going to be. I think, you know, Brandon Overton, Chris Madden, Bloom, you know, maybe maybe that group is probably a little favored this weekend. But I don't know. I'm with you. I think more guys can win Bristol. This or More guys can win. We'll have you back on to talk about the outlaw race at Bristol. More guys can win Cherokee this weekend uh, than you think. Rick, last thing I'm going to say. I got to have you on more. You have always treated us with a ton of respect at DOD. And for whatever reason, I've just failed to have you on our airwaves enough. You were an awesome interview. Um, I really appreciate it. And I wanted to personally apologize for not having you on the air more. I need to have you on the air more. Well, Michael, I felt honored to be the announcer at Eldora when you came on board with Dirt on Dirt back in the day. I got to see you launch and, you know, make your career what it is today and as far as it has went. So it's an honor to be on a show like that. But, yeah, we've always been friends. Swab and his Kevin Weaver. You know what, Swab? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Weaver is going to win one of these times while I'm at the show. And I'm going to even do it right now for Swab. Kevin Weaver, Friday night at Farmer City, top three. Oh, there it is. Aggressive. Get after it. it. Lower, uh, lower lap race. You never know. He's a veteran there. That'd be nice. Oh boy, Rick. I think Rick's. What time is it where Rick is? Four thirty. He's had a few drinks, yeah. so I think that's what. The, <laughs> I mean, he is in Florida living the dream now. So uh, this weekend, the Rock Galt Memorial, forty thousand dollars to win at Cherokee for the World of Outlaws. You'll hear Rick's sweet pipes on Dirt Vision all weekend long. You can watch it live on Dirt Vision. You can watch the highlights later on Dirt on Dirt. Rick, thank you so much, man. I plan on having you on a lot more, and uh, thanks for thanks for having us uh, or joining the show, bud. We really appreciate it. Michael Swab, thanks for having me on, guys. Good luck with everything you do, and I'll see you guys probably next Wednesday That's at Tri City. Right. That's right. Well, oh, great. We'll see you at Tri City, and then uh, we'll be at Farmer City, man. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Go fast. Turn left. <laughs> thanks, bud.
Derek, what was it? It was World of Out Paws. What was the the Insta- Earl, Yeah, World of Out Paws and World of Out Claws. <laughs> can, can you can you pull up Instagram real quick? Because I'm gonna yeah, get Kovac on the line while I get because I want to read. Uh, I want you to read a World of Out Paws post, or is it just photos, or, or what is it? I need to know. World. All right, I'm calling Kovac uh, now so we can wrap up the video uh, cast. Rick was excellent, by the way. He was very, very good. Yes, World of Out Paws. 134 followers. Not? All woofies all the time. <laughs> so we got, ooh, we got a nice uh, collab here. Uh, and then this one, okay, so that's 134 followers. Let's see what the world. Uh, is, uh, is the phone you got? There we go. Out. Kevin, are you there? Hey, hello. Okay, yeah, Kevin, we're we're live on the air right now. I'm sorry, I got a little rattled. Rick Esselman just got off. I have you on, Kevin, to wrap up with the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Did you know that Rick Esselman, Kevin, not only has his personal Instagram account, Instagram, right, not Twitter, Derek, it's Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. But he has world two Instagram accounts, for one for dogs, Kevin, World of Outpaws, oh. and World of Outclaws for cats. Did you know this, Kevin? Yeah. Oh, sure. I, I knew about the World of Outclaws, you know, for the dogs. And I, I can claim I was the num- the first follower of uh, World of Outclaw <laughs> because I saw it pop up la- like a week ago, I think it was, or two weeks. And, and my cat is the second one. Jack is the second picture on uh, Jumpy, the, Jackie, World of Outclaw. Jumpy, Jackie, Jumpy. Jumpy, Jackie. So, so Jackie is on there right now already. Uh, I saw that. I'm like, oh, I got to jump in here for you, um, Eshelman. I'm going to join. Well, without uh, w- even with the shorter video cast this week, uh, we still wanted to have Kevin on for our Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Kevin, I got a couple before you before you get to yours. You saw the Tanner English tire infraction for Lucas Oil this week, uh, Kevin and Derek. Uh, Kevin, just general thoughts when you saw that. Um, one thing I liked about it was everyone was pretty honest about it. Tanner was pretty honest about it. Lucas was pretty honest about it. It was refreshing to me to see that. I don't know how you felt, Kevin. Well, yeah, it's like well, every time you see some one of these tire situations, you're like, oh, as we're like, oh no, here we have to go again, you know, because it's gonna, you know, I mean, I mean, usually everyone is gonna battle it to the end, and nothing really changes ever, you know, yeah. uh, it is what it is, and so at least, uh, at least it's not gonna be some big back and forth on on this, and it, it's because. I've, I always think that sometimes it's better to move on, get get it over with. Oh I mean, yes, it, it, it's not gonna, it's not killing everyone's career or anything. Every guy that's been, uh, been happened to. I mean, if if it's hap- if it's true or not, they still go on, and it's it's only the diehards like us probably even really realize what's happened. And it was for a uh, a tire that did not meet benchmark manufacturer. I'm looking at my notes here on January 26th at East Bay. Riggs paid a. $7,578 fine, including a $5,000 fine, along with the reimbursement of the purse from that night. Again, I think everybody handled it well. Tanner, Lucas, everybody uh, moved on. Uh, one, Another one uh, for you, Kevin, before you get to your main notes. Uh, Derek, you mentioned this. Our promoter's just spending more now. We have a $40,000 to win Rock Galt Memorial this weekend. We have all these flow races that are paying more. We have uh, these races at the SMI tracks that are paying more. Is this Kevin? I, I just look up and down the schedule, and granted, there's some donations and sponsorships for Cherokee this weekend. Are we in this new era of late model racing where it's just more money, more money? Is is it that simple? Well, I, if you kind of hope it, I mean, everyone's always been saying, "Oh, we need to pay more money." All the racers have always said that for how many years, and so hopefully, everyone's appreciative of of these of these uh, bigger purses and. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's like something from last year. I mean, some of these tracks, remember, we did, they did have great crowds at a lot of these racetracks last year. 
and, and maybe they're like, you know, paint it forward a little bit here. Hey, let's, let's make the races bigger. And, and maybe if we make them bigger, we'll still keep those crowds, you know, it's, it's, it's more of an event, the more you can make this thing like something big. I think that's really what, what the, what the situation is. Every, every promoter is trying to like make their race stand out and a, lot, a way to make it stand out is some putting some big money up and, and, and the racers are the ones that benefit from that. Kevin, I have uh, given you my notes. Let's get uh, your notes, please. Well, there, there's first thing I'll start off with is uh, there's uh, Brownstown and, and Atomic Lucas Oil races this weekend. You might have noticed Jonathan Davenport was the only, well, not the only Lucas Oil regular that wasn't there uh, on, especially on the Saturday. Uh, do, on, uh, obviously, Davenport did go on Sunday, but Stormy Scott kind of maybe was slipped under the radar here, but Stormy Scott didn't enter either one of those. And he'd been to every Lucas race for the last two years. And he had just won his first Lucas race just a few months ago at, uh, at East Bay. Um, he had a problem. It wasn't a planned thing. Uh, he had a water main break at his shop, which is uh, like he's from New Mexico, obviously, but he has a shop in Crossville, Tennessee. And they had a water main break and they couldn't get their hauler out of the shop to get the Browns down on Saturday. And then by the time they got it fixed, it was Sunday and they weren't able, they w- wouldn't have been able to get the atomic, uh, on time so they bagged it but uh, the whole weekend uh, but stormy also says that he's going to be uh continuing on with the loops all series despite missing those couple races that obviously it puts him behind in the points but yeah that's interesting, he's going to continue right? on yeah miss a few and still go run the tour and that's interesting yeah. i don't know that i've ever heard that before what else you got and also i went to port royal on sunday and oh did we lose him kevin oh i think we lost him Kevin, let's try back again. Uh, okay, update. I found the world of outclaws. <laughs> okay, good. All kitties good. all the time is the is the description. All, all right. kitties all the all time. All right, hang so. on. We just we lost we lost Kevin. I don't I, I like don't know it. I don't know what happened here. Stand by. Uh, give it. Do you have any like? Is it just photos on world of outclaws or what is it there? Just photos there. It's got forty followers. So out pause. All right, stand by. Outshining. Reconnecting outclaws. with Kevin Kovac. Reconnecting. Port Royal, by the way, those car counts and crowds, have you seen those? He mentioned they love those. racing oh, out there. God, it's like the Fairbury of the East. It is just, we lost you, Kevin. And Kevin, what we I heard know, was. I was like talking to myself, apparently. <laughs> All of a sudden, it starts ringing. I'm like, I thought it was somebody else calling, you know? We, okay, so you went to, you said you went to Port Royal Sunday and, and then we lost you. So go ahead. Oh, that's why you missed everything then, right? <laughs> well, I, what I did was I talked to Alex Free and Lynn Geisler. Uh, Alex Free made his debut in Lynn Geisler's car. He's going to be running for him at Lernerville and, and some other races in Western PA this year. Uh, and, and, but the thing that really stuck out to me, that's going to be my column this week, by the way, too. I mean, they're talking about those two hooking up. But uh, the, the interesting thing, talking to Geisler about this, this is 40 years now that uh, Lynn Geisler will have been sponsored by number one Cochrane Automotive, wow. the Western PA car dealer. 40 years for one sponsor. I mean, that's pretty amazing in, the, in a sport for something, to, a deal to go on that long. And I think it really shows that uh, how much uh, Cochran has gotten out of that sponsorship. Like Lynn Geisler said, we sold them a lot of cars from their, you know, his fans have been loyal and they go there and work and, and, they, and they've really pushed it. And, and, and it's really, it's been an unbelievable relationship between those two, uh, uh, those two entities, I guess. And it keeps going. That's why Lynn Geisler has a number one on his car also because of, uh, uh, you know, being with number one Cochran. Kevin, your last note is arguably my favorite note you have ever provided in the history <laughs> of any race day. Derek, prepare yourself for this note because it's about your boy, Gary Stuhler. I don't know that I believe this to be true, but Kevin, 
lay it on us your final note which is unbelievable uh, to me i was kind of shocked on this too but it just was just it just happened just a little fun fact that comes in, in the midst of talking in the pits and I learned that Hall of Famer Gary Stuhler has never eaten a slice of pizza in his entire life. What? Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> he's 66 years old. He said he's never. I'm like, no, that can't be right. I mean, actually, his friend Alan Saggy, another racer from, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania area there. He's the one who actually kind of pointed me in that direction. He says, Gary's the guy you want to go pick up your pizza anytime and have him deliver it to you because you know that the one there won't be a missing slice because he will not eat pizza. I'm like, get out of here. And. Gary's wife, Gary's son, they both they both confirmed it. They say Gary has a lot of little quirky food things and I asked Gary that and he's like, Yeah, that's that's true. He doesn't he doesn't like tomatoes, I guess. Like other, he doesn't even like Italian food. Other reporters so, uh, are out I, there. I guess that's the that's the situation there. Other reporters <laughs> are out there covering, you know, war zones in the Middle East. Our own Kevin Kovac is getting saga, breaking so, pizza yeah. news at Port Royal, right? You just don't but this is the kind of shit we love Kovac for. I'm call we're gonna have Stuhler on the show, Derek, and ask him about this because I don't believe that that can be true. You gotta, oh, yeah. You, my boy. You, his his wife was man. She was giving me so many good things, and his son. You know, they were telling me about him. Man, she's still like, yeah, he only doesn't eat pizza, and he he eats Oreos and sips Pepsi in the middle of the night. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, he's he, man, my, my man Gary. I like it. He's got some good, interesting stuff to talk about. So <sighs> that's why you can you can hit on that when you have him on. Kevin, I appreciate everything, buddy. Thank you for the notes, and uh, we'll see you soon, okay? All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Uh, how about that, Derek? No pizza for okay, Stuhler ever. that's going to be a lie. He's had to have it once. I, I agree. We will not – I just was checking, by the way. We'll, we will not have a video cast next week. Tri-City is live on Wednesday. Don't forget. Kane, let me get that full schedule one more time, right, for Flow Racing Night in America. Castrol Flow Racing Night in America kicks off a week from tonight on Wednesday, March 31st. Keep the full schedule up here for a second. We will not have a video cast next week. <clears throat> Instead, we joined our buddies from Flow Racing, Tyler Burnett and Blake Anderson, and we did about a 45-minute to hour-long uh, Flow Racing Night in America preview that devolved into us having to defend late model racing against sprint car racing, Derek. So that will air and drop on Monday and will serve as the preview. It will be on Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing both. But there you have it. There is the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America schedule starting on March 31st all the way through Oct uh, Octavia, the old Octavia School District, Derek, October uh, 20th. Uh, we'll get to go next week, Derek. We'll be back in the studio in a week for the show. Let's go, baby. Flow Racing Night in America, cannot wait for it. Uh, Turn will be down there at Tri-City. We got Kane in the studio. We got D-Mac. I don't even know where he's at, but those <laughs> producers are going to be making plays for it. So those are the guys making it happen. But then, of course, us, we're the, we're the, we're the show. Like, we're, there's wow. actually racing? There is actually yeah, racing. Okay. Uh, don't forget LaSalle this weekend, Thaw Brawl. Tony Izzo's track will be live on Flow Racing as well as I-75. And we'll have highlights from uh, the big Rock Galt Memorial at Cherokee. Watch it live on Dirt Vision. Check out highlights later on DOD. Kane Runyon was on the switches today. Thank you to him. Thank you to Derek Kessinger. I'm Michael Rigsby. Flow Racing Night in America, presented by Castrol. We'll see you guys next week.